Good morning, everyone. Welcome uh, this morning. If you're here for the first time, God bless you for coming. I pray that the Lord may speak to your heart, speak to your life this morning. Um, uh, let's get started. God willing, we've been looking at uh, Daniel. We've started the book of Daniel, and we looked at Daniel chapter 1 last week. So we're going to be looking at Daniel chapter 2 today, but please don't get caught up thinking I'm going to go through it chapter by chapter because I'm not. I'm just going to go through it and, and meditate on it. So it just so happens that we're going to go through chapter 2 today. I'm going to be talking about dreams, dreams, not the dreams that you, you, uh, you do when you're sleeping, but probably more so the dreams that you believe in. So let's bow our heads in prayer. As you have your heads bowed, know that um, this morning is ordained by God. So if you're here this morning, it's because God led you here to hear his word and his truth. You woke up this morning thinking that you're going to come here, but that desire in your heart and that thought in your mind only came because of God's divine intervention. And he's brought you this morning so you can hear his word. I don't know what I'm going to share this morning. Um, I don't know what you need to hear this morning. But I believe that God doesn't leave anyone empty. So if you come believing in your heart, God will feed you this morning. Seek his face and pray to him and ask of him to open your heart and your mind. Father in heaven, we come before you this morning because... We need more and more of you and your truths. We are tired of this barren land where there is no water, but only in your word we find peace and comfort because your word is not just a philosophy. It's not just thoughts and ideas. It's the living, life-giving word that you breathed into us. And Father, we give you thanks for this word that still today is working and moving in our hearts and in our lives. We come before you humbly, Lord God, to receive of you, to teach us your ways, we pray, and cast every distraction, everything out of this place, every slumber, every doubt, every confusion, and that we may subject our mind and our heart to you this morning, we pray, in Jesus' name, amen. So let's turn to Daniel chapter 2, Daniel chapter 2. In Daniel chapter 2, we read about a king named Nebuchadnezzar, who was a king that basically uh, propagated a, a philosophy or an idea uh, that was anti-Christian or anti-Jewish beliefs. Um, he was a, a very much a supporter of the pagan gods, the Babylonian gods, and he was a king ruling mightily and strong. This is the second year now in his reign and we read about this king one day went to bed and he woke up the next morning tormented. He was tormented because he had this dream, this dream, um, this dream that so much perplexed him that he sought out a, a reason for that dream and an interpretation of that dream. It's as though he couldn't function anymore once he had that dream, that his whole purpose 
uh, as a king was to unravel this great mystery of what he had dreamt about that night. Everything almost became like on hold, you know. Um, it consumed him, it tormented him. And I would imagine it's, it would be probably a very extraordinary dream with images and pictures that you could not fathom or probably even express or try to explain at that given time. Especially when there was uh, pictures of things that you could not conceive in your mind, which is what the case was for Nebuchadnezzar. There was images that he couldn't make sense of because it was a prophetic. It was, a, it was dreams that basically tried to reveal to him truths about things that he did not know right then and there, but things that were like ahead of him. It's like someone who basically has a dream uh, a thousand years ago of these automobiles on the road, you know? And there's no words to explain what these things are that, that spin round and move, slide across roads. Or they look up in the sky and they see this metallic object and they can't work out what exactly is that thing. Flipping around, spinning, like, it, you can't... And, and, and not that these things are not pleasant to see. In the case of Nebuchadnezzar, it actually tormented him, it haunted him. So whatever he saw was, was quite uh, like a horror movie, like a nightmare. And he wanted to understand this. And somewhat I, I imagine that to be the case today. Because I think there's a lot of things in the book of Daniel when you read them and you, and you listen to what, what, what's being said. It's not far from the truth of today, you know. Where everybody has this dream. Especially, you know, today we live in a world where, you know, live the dream, bro. <laughs> you know, <laughs> go for the dream. You turn on the TV and that's, all, that's, what, that's what it's all about, you see. You know, uh, Australian Idol or, you know, uh, uh, X Factor and all, all these shows, they, they, they have a story behind the person who's there pioneering out the dream. And it's, it's this story that they have that they communicate to the world that actually allows them entrance into what their dream is. And we all get fooled by that. Because subconsciously we sit down and we watch and we applaud and we say, wow, man, they're going to find that dream. They're going to live that dream. But if you listen carefully to the very words that are spoken when we're pursuing dreams, it becomes disjointed, like it becomes quite out of context. Because along the lines of when we're talking and, and encouraging people to live your dream, there's this subtle lie that is spoken that you need to get your dream at all cost. It doesn't matter what someone else thinks or says, you've got to fulfill that dream that was given to you because that's what you were born for. So although we hate divorce and abused marriages, we applaud the one who fulfills the dream at that cost. We applaud the one who leaves the husband, uh, leaves the wife or the husband or whatever, leaves the children because she has to uh, discover her purpose where she uses her voice and, and for stardom. And we applaud that. But we don't see at what cost and what neglect. And all we want is that dream. And we love it. The music is played in the background. There's tears. And we're going, oh, fulfilling that dream. And later we discover on the news that she left her husband. Or, and it's almost like this nightmare. 
this nightmare. I want to understand what this, what's this dream about, you know? What is, it, what is it to dream? What is it to dream and actually dream with purpose? And I reckon this is chapter 2 in Daniel. When we kind of start looking, we understand, well, you know, like, there's a lot of people who believe in dreams. And to be, and to be honest, there's good dreams and there's bad dreams. Even as, as a teacher among students, I'm very careful to tell students to live your dream. What does that even mean, to live your dream? Does it become a nightmare? And I think here with Nebuchadnezzar, he discovers something quite powerful. And I think as we look at this chapter, we discover a beauty. A beauty in the Word of God that is calling people, if you're going to dream, dream properly. If you're going to believe in something, believe in this. Because every other dream that you dream that is out of context of what God had prepared and planned becomes a nightmare. And that's what we discover here, becomes a nightmare. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar, he was looking for answers to this dream. He wanted to work out what is this all about, like we do with life. What is this all about? How do I live that dream? And most of our time, we're going around trying to find the answer, but we don't see it, we can't find it. It's like Bob, Bob Dylan in, in 1960, 63, I think, when he released that song, the answer is blowing in the wind. The answer is blowing in the wind. He's asking a lot of questions in the song, and then the verse goes, the answer is blowing in the wind. What does that even mean? It's like we're trying to find some meaning or some, some response to a question we have, but we can't seem to take a hold of it. In fact, if you listen to his last verse, it's quite powerful. I'll read it to you. His last verse, when he talks about this answer blowing in the wind, he says this, How many years must one man have before he can hear people cry? How many deaths will it take till he knows too many people have died? The answer, my friend, is blowing in the wind. It's just blowing. It's blowing in the wind. The answer is blowing in the wind. The answer is blowing in the wind. I think it's a miserable state when you're really hungry and thirsty and you're wanting to find an answer to something and you can't find it. And it's all more so miserable when there is an answer and you know it's there, but you can't get it. I think there's a little bit more comfort when you're trying to find something that you, you, you're looking for and everybody tells you it's not there. I think that's more comforting. Then it's there, but you just don't get it. It's there, but you just don't have it. So it's very disheartening and almost a nightmare when the secrets of life are just tucked behind Nebuchadnezzar's eyes. The very answer behind his head. And he so much wants it. So much so that as we read, Nebuchadnezzar decided to call all his magicians and all his sorcerers. And he gathered them all, all the wisest men in his kingdom. He called them all to the front and come, let's talk, I've got this problem. But he was so insecure with the response that he set a clause, he made a rule. And the rule was this, you need to tell me what my dream is. Because if you can tell me what my dream is, then I know what you have to say is divine. So he didn't even tell them what the message or the, 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 the visions that he had he wanted them to tell him what it was so that when he heard them, he could actually tell them, yeah, okay, this is not for man, this is something divine. 
And he didn't even go to that extent only, but what he did, he said that if you can't tell me what that is, I'm going to kill you. So we, we become quite vicious when we can't find an answer. You know? We, we, we become quite desperate and hungry when we can't find an answer. And we see this all the time. I can't find an answer to my abuse. I can't find an answer to my addictions. I can't find an answer to how to stop anger. I can't stop an answer to stop hurting people. I can't find an answer. And that desperation to find an answer only spirals down and makes it even worse and worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. So much so that you, you're, you're like, like a Nebuchadnezzar who's going out killing and slaughtering people because they can't tell him what his dream was and what the interpretation of it is. And so these magicians, they were like, <laughs> thinking, what's going on, man? Well, we've, got to, we've got to come up with an answer because our life's at stake. And they, they tried to delay time. They tried to kind of, you know, prolong it. So tell us, Nebuchadnezzar, at what hour, what time was your dream? Whatever it was. And he was smart. He knew. He goes, you guys are just trying to delay time. You're scared. You're scared because you know I'm firm and you know that I'm serious about this. I want to know what this dream means. They were all in panic mode. Panic mode. This is a true account. This is a true story. A man who decided that he was going to gather all the wisest people. Listen. The establishment of his kingdom was dependent on the wisest men. And foolishly, he was going to kill and slaughter every wise man who can't give him a response. Does that sound familiar to you? Of course it does. It's society. It's the way the world is. Every wise man is shut down who can't give the appropriate response, the right answer. And you find yourself often as a Christian in this dark, unbelieving world where you're caught in this place where you think, man, like, uh, uh, um, how am I stuck here? How, how am I in this place? Like, I don't intend to be here. And that's generally the case because what happened is when Nebuchadnezzar sent out the, the, the notice to kill and, and slaughter all the wise people, where did that land? It landed on who? It landed on Daniel and the, the other men. And they were gathered. And for the first time, Daniel heard this news that he's going to kill and slaughter every wise man who can't interpret this dream. Well, like, amazing, right? Because it took a godly man... It took a godly man, a man whose faith and trust was in the living God, not in dreams, not in kings, not in kingdoms, but a living, a, 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 in a living God, a man who basically knew, hey, wait one, one second, one, hold on, hold on, wait a minute, what's the problem here? Well, Nebuchadnezzar wants someone to interpret his dream, but he also wants someone to tell of that dream before they interpret it. So what does Daniel do? Well, he knows that the secrets of life, he knows that the secrets of the world, he knows that the secrets of dreams are embedded and found only in one person. In who? In God. So what does he do? He gets down on his knees and he calls out to the God and he goes, you, you are the one who is the revealer of secrets. Listen, listen. This is extraordinary. He's talking to a living God and he's claiming that the living God is the revealer of secrets. Do you know that unless God reveals his secrets, you are on a manhunt? You are like all these wise people, as smart as you can be, ready to be slaughtered unless you know the secrets of God. 
And if you don't know the secret of God, you're just living a, a, an illusion, a dream that you think is something, but you don't have the answers. And that's the story of chapter 2. Chapter 2 is about a man who knows the secrets of God. And he claims them and he asks of him, God, tell me your secrets. Listen to these beautiful passages. Listen to this so that you understand. Daniel chapter 2, verse 19. Turn to this. Then the secret was revealed to Daniel in a night vision. So Daniel blessed the God of heaven. See? The response, once he was revealed the secret, his heart was so overwhelmed that he blessed God. Imagine knowing the secrets of life. Imagine. Like, what would you pay for it? Imagine, like, you knew the answers to, to living, you know, like, what it is to be content and happy and free. What would you give to that? Like, how much money would you stake out for that? Knowing the secrets of eternity. Imagine that. Imagine you knew the secrets of the human soul and you were able to tell people how to safeguard it and bring it into the kingdom. Imagine. What would you give for that? Would you give up your wealth? Would you give up your pride? Would you give up your, your, your prestige and your honor? What would you give to have the secrets of life when everyone is crumbling down around you? They can't hold it together and you stand like a pillar because you know the secrets of heaven. You know that the value of the spiritual is far more greater and valuable than the, than the physical, and you've discovered that. What would you give? Very few men would give their life for it, and very few men bless God. Very few men find it like a great, a great pearl, and they give every other thing that they own for that prize. Very few people. When all along, Matthew chapter 13, verse 11, Jesus says this, because the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you. The knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you. Wow, Jesus said that to me. <laughs> that I have the knowledge of the secrets of heaven. And that secret saves lives. That secret took Daniel boldly and courageously before a vicious king to declare the secret of God. It saved a nation. It saved the wisest of all people because God revealed that secret to them. But how do you get that secret? How do you, how do you take a hold of that? There's a beautiful verse. That says this. Dwell in the secret place of the Most High. If you want to know the secrets of the Lord, you must live near Him. You've got to sit with Him. You've got to come under His abode. <laughs> in Job chapter 11 verse 6, we read, and disclose to you the secrets of wisdom, 
For true wisdom has two sides. Know this, God has even forgotten some of your sin. You want to know wisdom? Wisdom has two sides, and one of those is this. The secrets of heaven is enfolded, and it's enclosed in this. God has forgotten some of your sins. See, there's an obstacle that hides the mysteries and wonder of God. And that obstacle is sin. And how wise is the one and the revelations of heaven given to that person who discovers that if I do something about my sin, the gates of heaven are open to me and all the secrets of God. That's what Jesus said. It's extraordinary. So much that my life is spared, like we read with the Daniel. I wonder how many of you this morning live in such a way that you actually hold the, the secrets of heaven. You live your life in such a way that every action you do and, and every word spoken and, and your conduct, your priorities are all around the fact that you look like someone who has the secrets of life. Or when people look at you, they, they think, this guy's confused, like lost, miserable. <laughs> or people flock to you because you actually have answers, solid answers, smart, intelligent, wise answers. Like Daniel and his faithful men. Daniel chapter 2, verse 27. When he stood before Nebuchadnezzar, Daniel replied, No wise man, enchanter, magician, or diviner can explain to the king the mystery that he has asked about. There is nothing in this present world, there is nothing among all these people can actually have an answer to this. And the reality is this, that the problems that we face and the issues that we go through, no one can fix. No one has the answers for them, but God. 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 God watches the world and he looks at people claiming to be God and he watches, watches them slowly perish. He looks at all their discoveries and all their inventions trying to solve this and fix that and we look at the world and we see the news and we know how fragile and weak we are. No one has the answer. Till this day, there's no cure for cancer, there's no cure for drug addiction, there's no cure for kids off the streets, there's nothing. Till this day, after years, after years, after years. And we, we apply and we, we appropriate more and more policies and processes and procedures and we put in your legals and whatever it is and we seem to be moving further and further away because there is no one. There is nothing other than God. Even the, the magicians and the sorcerers even claimed and declared that the very thing you're asking for, Nebuchadnezzar, does not come with human flesh. Only these things come from an eternal God, a living God, someone outside of us. Even they understood this. And so Daniel makes it known, clear to Nebuchadnezzar, listen Nebuchadnezzar, I didn't get this dream because I'm a great man, I'm intelligent, I'm smart, I got this dream so that you know what the interpretation is, so in the end you know who the true God is. So when I interpret it for you and I tell you what it is, you can claim honour and righteousness only from the one true God. And that's the truth. And unless you realise that truth, you're going to be chasing shadows, that fake dream, that lie, 
It feels good. It's like you know, you're watching, you're watching the, 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 the unfolding of a, of a bud that you think is going to become a flower and turns into a weed. You, know, like, like you, you hear the music of the violin and there's the crowd standing up at the applause, but you don't see the back scene. You don't, you don't see what happens in the end, how they led to drugs and the broken marriages and broken relationships, but to you it looks like the dream, but it's not the dream. Nothing in this world can give you that. Nothing but the living God, the master of your soul, the one who made you, the one who created you, the one who knows you. He knows you. He knows what you need. He wants you to live life like a dream, but not earthly, sensual, what it's meant to be, like the Garden of Eden. That's a dream. Imagine walking through the cool of the day. What a beautiful description for the dream. Cool of the day. As soon as it starts to kind of thunder, we all look miserable. Sad disease, you know. Seasonal attention disorder, you know. But he walked through the cool of the day. That's a dream. And there is no greater truth than dreaming about eternal life. In the king, imagine, go crazy, start picking at it, scratch it at its surface. You'll, get, you'll go nowhere, but it's good because it takes your eyes off earth and realizes this is not my final home. I don't belong here. Come what may, my eyes are set on heaven. That's my dream, that's my hope. You could say whatever you want pertaining to those things in my flesh, in my physical, but that's going to perish. But my soul lives on. I live with the king. That's my dream. Daniel was a faithful man, and he understood this. And he understood this beautifully. I'll tell you why he understood this beautifully. He wasn't a fool like most men are, like I am sometimes. Listen to this. We read last week in Daniel chapter 1, verse 17, as for these four young men, God gave them knowledge and skill in all literature and wisdom. Now listen, and Daniel had understanding in all vision and dreams. This is a beautiful verse. That word understanding simply means this. He had discernment among visions and dreams that he knew, he knew when something of what seemed like a dream that came from heaven wasn't, he actually knew it wasn't. When he had visions and that vision didn't seem to be the face of God, he knew it wasn't the face of God. And that's what it meant by his understanding. So the dreams that he dreamt and he woke up, he knew whether that dream was like some voice of God or path, or whether that dream was just baked beans. You know? He ate too much before he slept. He knew. He had that discernment. But most of us, we live with a dream like we've just eaten baked beans. Like we think, well, this is what God has said. This is what it's all about. This is me as a Christian. This is me living the life. But you're not. Daniel was able to discern. He was able to discern. He, he was able, like people today, even Christians, 
They have a dream and I think God told them something. God doesn't tell you anything. Just don't eat late. You know? It's true. Some of us, we, we, if we have a dream and all of a sudden we think it's from God. See, Daniel, he can discern that's not from God, that's from God, this is not from God, that's from God. And that's what Christians should do. We should be discerning of what's from God and what isn't from God. Just because you had a dream and Jesus was in it, doesn't make it about Jesus. And sometimes we follow our hopes and our dreams and we end up dead. There's a way that seems right for a man, but in the end it leads to death, you know? And a lot of this problem has come into churches, like we, 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 like we become very much superstitious now about God's Word. We say things that are quite airy-fairy, there's no substance to it. Whereas God's Word has always been the foundation, it's always been solid, it's always been grounded. Not some kind of loose thought, because I experienced something that made me feel good. Daniel wasn't like that, he was able to discern when something was of his own self and carnal, and this is not God... Always, this is God's voice. This is God's word. It's like the mingling of, of astrology and, and uh, uh, um, re- reading palms, and, and, and you know, this is this is what God has said. And you're looking into someone's eyes, and you know, and you and, and you think this is what, how God does it. And, we, and 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 seriously, it's sad because what's happening is now more and more the churches are taking all this kind of stuff in, and they're replacing it from God's word. And they're claiming the dream, the, the, the false gospel of the, the prosperity gospel is the same message that I'm talking to you about this morning, the dream, live the dream, you know, make money because that's the dream that God wanted for you. And if you don't believe in this dream, you're never going to make your money. It's, 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 it's lies. Daniel was able to discern the word of God or the word of man. Now look. Isaiah, chapter 29, verse 8, he, 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 he sums it up beautifully, how people dream, like the state of where we are. Isaiah, chapter 9, verse 8, it says this, It shall even be as when a hungry man dreams, and look, he eats, but he awakes and his soul is still empty. Or as when a thirsty man dreams, and look, he eats, he drinks, but he awakes and indeed he is faint. And his soul still craves, so the multitude of all the nations shall be who fight against Mount Zion. <laughs> no, beautiful, right? Those who dream really believe they're eating, but look, there's no food. Those who dream really believe they're drinking, but look, there's no food. And so is the state of everyone who does not believe in the living God. That's what Isaiah is saying. It feels so real, man. It feels so real. How many of you have woken up from a dream that you were 100% certain and you were more shocked to wake up <laughs> to realize, man, whoa, that's what it's like. It's so, it, I could feel it, I could taste it, I can, you know, it's like, so real to me. And you wake up and there's nothing. And the saddest dream to have, the saddest dream to have, is one that tells you it's all godless. There is no God. There is no God. It's empty and and, and barren. That's the saddest. And a lot of people believe it. They believe it like it's, it's there. But look, they stay empty. 
They stay empty. But let's look at the prosperity of this dream. Just quickly before we finish. The prosperity of this dream. Daniel chapter 2, verse 44 to 45. In the time of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed. Here he is telling him his dream. There is a God who is going to set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed. Listen, he's talking about the future. He's talking about somewhere in the distance or very close by us today, where there's a kingdom that will not be destroyed, nor will it be left to another people. It will crush all those kingdoms and bring them to an end, but it will itself endure forever. Here is the dream. This is it. This is the dream, Nebuchadnezzar. There's a kingdom that is greater than every other kingdom that's ever existed. And this kingdom is going to crush every other kingdom. Extraordinary. Which kingdom is that? It's the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. There's going to come a day where all and everything that you ever put your hope in and whatever you believed in is all going to come crushing down because there's going to be one kingdom that's going to destroy every other kingdom. Your empire, your kingdom is gone. That is the dream. That is the dream, Nebuchadnezzar. Man, what a beautiful dream. To you, Nebuchadnezzar, that was like a nightmare. You didn't understand it, man. Like when you preach the gospel to people, they said, no, 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 leave that away. But those who understand the secrets... It is awesome. It is wonderful. Verse 45, this is the meaning of the vision of the rock cut out of a mountain, but not by human hands. A rock that broke the iron, the bronze, the clay, the silver, and the gold to pieces. Listen, Nebuchadnezzar, don't you understand? This is, this is not something that I've made up or I've read in a book. This thing came from heaven and it's come into my mind and I'm telling you something that is quite extraordinary that no one has ever understood or heard. Jesus Christ is coming 600 years from now. And he is the rock. He is the foundation. He's going to destroy every kingdom. The kingdom of darkness has no power over him, Nebuchadnezzar. This is a good dream. So much so, <laughs> read in Daniel chapter 2, verse 46 to 49. Then King Nebuchadnezzar fell upon his face and paid homage to Daniel and commanded that an offering and an incense be offered up to him. The, the king answered and said to Daniel, Truly, your God is God of gods and Lord of kings and a revealer of mysteries, for you have been able to reveal this mystery. That's extraordinarily beautiful. Well, a faithful man converts a pagan king because he reveals the secrets of God. A faithful man is esteemed in a pagan world because he revealed the secrets of God. They are all the promises given to those whose eyes have been opened to the secrets of God. He will cause your enemies to bow down before you. You understand? Because you hold the secrets of, of life. Daniel is a person who's in the midst of a world like today and another success story. Another success. We just read the last one in chapter 1. Now we're reading chapter 2 where the king is worshipping Daniel. Where the king is then realising the God of Daniel is my God. What a wonderful account. 
of someone who had a nightmare that God had converted into a wonderful dream. That could be your dream. Let me finish. I encourage you to go home and read this chapter. Meditate, read, study, ask God, God reveal to me. But let me finish with this. Very simply, if you're living a nightmare, whatever your situation is, ask for the secret of the Father who revealed him 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ. Ask him, reveal him to me in a way that I know without a shadow of doubt he is real. And when your eyes are open to this, I'm telling you, you will be, be like Nebuchadnezzar. And it doesn't matter who you are, you could be the worst, you could be a Satanist this morning, you, know, you could be a pagan, like you could be an, uh, the most unbelieving. You could be out there ready to kill the wisest of all people. But if you listen to the voice of God today, this morning, and it's knocking at your heart and saying, hey, listen, I'm a revealer of truth, I'm the revealer. Don't turn from me, don't harden your heart against me. I will give you all those things pertaining to life and godliness. Those things that you are searching for, peace, whatever it is. If you would only just come and believe. Let's bow our heads in prayer. <clears throat> Christians. We, we hold the words of life. God, God gave it to us in His Word. What an honour and a privilege not to take that, those and trust Him and hold it in our hands and live Him and be able to give to others and free them. It's extraordinary. Living the dream isn't like sitting down at a resort with a drink in your hand. <laughs> Living the dream is living Christ completely, surrendered completely. Wow, do you know what? To the Christian, the life of Jesus fully manifested in their own lives is the dream. They want to be like Jesus. That's the dream. To walk like he walked, to live like he lived, to have the peace that he had. That's the dream. So if you're wanting that this morning, come before the King of Kings, the revealer of truth, and he'll make himself known. Confess to him, say, Father in heaven, forgive me all my sins, cleanse me, purify me, set me on the road to you. I want you and you alone. And those of you who struggle to let go, ask for the power of the Holy Spirit to break those chains. Plead and, 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 and ask Secure that in your own heart and your soul before you leave this morning. Know without a doubt and with certainty that God has revealed himself to you this morning. Go and be free to love and serve the King. Father in heaven, I give you thanks and praise for your words of eternal life. I pray, Father, that as we read and we study this book of Daniel, that we understand, Lord God, the power of your Son, Jesus Christ, manifested in every page, in every verse, to your glory, you who reveals the secrets of life, and you who reveal to us Jesus, the Son of God. May our eyes be open, I pray.
to your words and your truth all the time. We ask you this in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ.